Praise God. Isn't God good? Hello? Praise God. What a beautiful presence of the Lord here tonight. Amen. Well, I want to share a word with you tonight. Get your Bibles out. Oh, come on, folks. I want to share a word with you tonight, so get your Bibles out. There we go. Now we're alive. And I want you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. I want to share something with you. I want to share a few scriptures, and then title of the message tonight is My Choice. Everybody say, My Choice. Say one more time, say my choice. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. It says, we walk by faith and not by sight. All right? Hang on to that scripture. Go to Romans chapter 1. I'm going to give you a few scriptures here before I tell you where we're headed. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. The Apostle Paul said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of let me just say it again. I just get excited every time I read that. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God mm. to salvation for everyone who believes. Look at that for a second. The person who believes, power comes to them to bring them salvation. So if they don't believe, there's no power going towards them. Y'all got that? So the believer gets power towards him, but the unbeliever doesn't. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also the Greek. For it is, it is in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now I want you to go to the Old Testament. Book of Joshua, chapter 24, last chapter. So Joshua's entered into the promised land. They've had... Uh, Wars and pushed people out and gotten over there and taken over cities and done all the things that they, God called them to do to enter into the promised land. And then Joshua's getting old and he's at the end of his days and he calls all Israel together and he says, I got something I want to tell y'all. Whole chapter 24 is good to read, but I'm picking it up in 15, 24, 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you'll serve whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. He said to the people, he said, you got to make a choice. Folks, listen to me. I see something going on in the world today that, that bears saying and repeating over and over again. Right now, people are making choices. And they're making choices and not always good choices in what we call good. You got to understand that. We believe a good choice is to serve the Lord with all your heart. Amen? As Joshua said. But you got to make a choice. And the world's making choices right now. Listen to me. The world is making choices right now. I heard a, I heard a report the other day saying there's never been more uh, domestic violence in the United States than there is right now. There's never been more suicides than there are in the United States than there have been right now. There's never been more <clears throat> people on antidepressants than there are right now. Okay? On the same time, you've got more. It seems to me that there's more uh, voices out there uh, in views that are anti-God. 
But then again, that's just what the media is really pushing. I still believe with all of my heart that there's, there's millions and millions of Americans who love Jesus with all their heart that have a godly sense to them, and that this nation, if it was really everybody was taken out and polled correctly, I believe you're going to find this is still a godly nation, a Christian nation, and there's just the ones that have the, the, the voice with the media, uh, you know, uh, getting heard and, and only doing, you know, they, they go out and show the riot, they go out and show this, they go out and show that. They don't show the, 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 the millions of, of people that are in church in all denominations worshiping God every Sunday, right? So it's a little bit of a skewed thing, but there's people making choices and they're making wrong choices. They're making choices to go with the flow that's going on in the world today. And they're making those choices to do that. And by doing that, what they're doing is exactly what Joseph said. You have to make a choice. You either make a choice to serve God or not. You can't serve God and. Right? You serve God. And you make a choice to do it. One more time, everybody say, make a choice. choice. You all made choices, right? Come on. This is really going to get good in just a minute. If y'all just stay with me here, y'all just kind of like look at me like it's Wednesday night. and You're saying, come on, hurry up, preacher, get through with it. That's the vibe you're giving me. You got to make a choice. Okay, so we're making a choice to do what? Well, according to the first two verses I read to you, you we're making a choice to live by faith. You know why? Because God's a God of faith. So by making a choice to live for him, you have to make a choice to walk the walk of faith. Not the walk of fear, not the walk of anger, not the walk of the arm of the flesh, not the walk of emotions, not the walk of a victim. Think about this. We have to make the choice to walk in faith. And I want to be honest with you. Sometimes I think it's easier to be a heathen. Right? Somebody says something to you, just say whatever you want back to them. Just just whatever. Just cuss them out. Get in a fight. Whatever. Don't make no difference. Just be like that. But then we know the end result of that's not going to be fruitful. Right? But in there are times that we struggle in life as Christians, we struggle to walk the walk of faith because the walk of faith requires something of us. And we don't always want to do it. Hello? We don't always want to be positive in a negative world. We want to, we want to complain. We want to gripe. We want to, you know, throw stuff at the television. Right? We want to get involved. We want to get in the flesh. We want to get in there and say, I'll tell you what they better not. But all of that is taking us away from God because God only operates in faith. Hebrews 11, 6 says the only thing that's going to please God is faith. The only way you can approach God is in faith. The only way you can get saved is in faith. The only way you can have the power of salvation work in your life is by faith. So I think we Christians, we really have to learn this faith walk. But have we? I'm just throwing this out, man. Have we? Don't, 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 don't get to looking down and saying, oh, pastor's picking on us tonight. No, I'm just, I'm just talking to all of us. I'm talking to myself included. How many of you listen? And don't look down, okay? Those of you at home are safe because I can't see your face. But, you know, how many of you have had discouraging days? Or your, 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 your prayers are more like, God, why is this going on? Where is it? Why is this taking place? Why aren't you doing something? Why aren't we seeing more? Why isn't this happening? Why isn't that? And you're, you're, you're in this phase. 
Can I at least have a little amen? amen. And so you, what's happening? Your faith is being challenged. Your faith walk is being challenged. Hello? Hey, I'm preaching this from experience. I'm not preaching this because I got it down perfect. I'm telling you, I, my days have been like, Lord, what in the world? Hello? But wait a minute. <clears throat> I had y'all say, you know, it's my choice. You made a choice to get in this walk, this race, this run with Jesus. You made a choice. Somewhere down the road, you said, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you are the savior of the world. I believe your blood was shed on the cross for me. And I'm asking you to forgive me my sins. And you made a choice to enter into this. You may not fully well have understood what you were entering into. I've sometimes accused the Lord of I didn't get to read the fine print on the contract. But you didn't maybe under, fully understand what you're doing. But at that moment, your heart knew Jesus is real. And he said, Jesus, I want you to be my savior. Boom. Whether you realize it or not, that moment you made a choice to serve God. So therefore, you entered the faith walk. You became the just who live by faith. You became those who walk not by sight, but by faith. Hello? Like I said, you may not have realized it. You may not have read the fine print. You may not have understood totally everything you were getting into. You just jumped in with both feet. And then all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute, this is, there's different rules. The rules I've been walking in don't apply. All of a sudden now you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of God who walks by faith. See, I had been quoting this scripture and it wasn't until the Lord just went bam, 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 hit me with it. I was saying, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Lord, I choose today to walk by faith and not by sight. That's not what the scripture says. It just says we walk by faith and not by sight. I was saying, Lord, today I choose to walk by faith and not by sight. And then one day the Lord stopped me and said, really? <clears throat> then why are, you, why are you thinking like you're thinking? And I was like, well, because this is what's going on. And he's like, well, wait a minute. I thought you were going to live by faith. I thought you made a choice to live by faith and not by sight. So then why are you saying now I'm not going to do what I said I'd do when I told you I'd do it just because of what you see? And I was like, well, you got me on that one. That's all I can say, Lord. You have got me hemmed in a corner, pinned down, and I'm crying, Uncle, I repent. I'm not walking faith by faith. I'm walking by sight. So I got a few things here tonight that I believe will help you, that we can look at, to keep us on track of walking by faith. What does it mean? Okay. The first one is simply this, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 18. Verse, you know it. But it says, while we do not look at the things which are seen. Ooh, that is so hard. That's what I'm saying. See, it's easier to be just, well, you know, be a heathen. But the consequences don't pay. Because you're supposed to not, folks, listen to me. When you see all the craziness going on, if you, you know, you can't watch television anymore. You definitely cannot watch the news. If you do, you just look at the things that are seen and you're like, oh my gosh, that's what's real. 
But the truth of the matter, it says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. So if you're going to, if you're going to walk by faith, you have to be walking in a, in a realm where you're seeing the things of God, not the things of this world. Hello? We're getting a big blessing tomorrow. All of my family's uh, finally leaving Devil Island and coming home to uh, America. <laughs> and so come Sunday, well, I'll have all my family around me for first time in two years or more, three. And you know, they're coming home. You know what they're coming home to? They know I love them. I mean, it's not even, they're not, they're not, it's not like they're going to say, oh gosh, my grandchildren aren't saying, I wonder if Papa's mad at us or my daughter and his son-in-law, they're not coming home saying, oh gosh, you know, whatever. They're coming home. They're no, they know I love them. They know my wife loves them. They know that they're coming home to a household of love. You're going to tell me that my God, my heavenly father, who sent his own son to die for me on the cross, that his attitude towards us, what I just preached on Sunday, is not just steadfast love pouring out towards us all the time. You can't go read the story of the prodigal son and not see that the father gets off the porch and runs down the road to meet the son halfway down the road when he's coming home to repent. You can't tell me and turn it all around that that God that said all of that is not going to have something great for you. But see, the devil comes in and says, oh, look at this. Look, God's not doing anything over there. Look, God's not moving over there. Look, that person prayed over there and they didn't get healed. Look at that person over there is needing finances and they didn't get healed. That person over there tithed and they didn't, they're not getting any result from that. And look over there. That's what he's trying to get you to do all the time. He's trying to get you to focus on the things that are seen because that's not the faith walk. And he knows, oh, he knows that if he can get you out of the faith walk, that then he's going to have victory over you because you can't beat him in the flesh. You can't beat the devil in the flesh. There's no way. He's going to outsmart you every time. Just about the time you think you got him down and you got it one and you're just going to, you know, you've got him by the tail and man, you, everything's going to be good. No, no, no. He's going to turn on you. Hello? Have you ever tried to bathe the cat? That's just like fighting with the devil. Trying to bathe the cat. You ain't going to, you're not going to win. You're going to get bitter scratch before it's over with. Okay. All right. So the first thing is, is you have to look at the right things. You have to look at the things of God. That's why I'm always telling you, you've got to read the Bible, because if you keep reading the Bible, and you keep looking through here, you keep looking through here, you keep looking through here. Then all of a sudden, something jumps out and God speaks to you through his word and you get it. And so you're seeing the things that are seen. You're seeing the way the kingdom of God really operates and the way it, it is supposed to be in your life. It's giving you a hope. It's putting you a future out there, something that God can get hold of and be blessed. Hello? And you can find something that'll bless you in anything in the word. Even in the begats. Yeah, my daily reading, I was reading through First Chronicles, just started it, and was going through all the families and who belongs to who and whatever, and I'm kind of like reading it. And Okay, I'm going to read it because I tell everybody you're supposed to read it, and I'm reading it, and so-and-so belonged to so-and-so, and so-and-so, and going to so-and-so, and then he went to so-and-so, and then I got over and it says, and then the family of David was so-and-so, and so-and-so, and then his father was so-and-so, and then their heads folks, and his sister's kids were so-and-so, and so-and-so. I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Those sister's kids, that's Joab, who was the commander of the army, was his sister's kids. That means Joab was his cousin, and I didn't realize that. Saw something I had never seen before in the begats. All right. The second thing is Romans 4, 17. 
He's speaking about Abraham and he says, God said to him, for it is written, I've made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believed. Let me back up and read that right. In the presence of him who believed God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did. The second thing is simply God's principle. You know, he puts you just have to look at it through the scriptures. He puts Moses in front of the Red Sea. He leads them there. The angel leads them into a trap. And if I was Moses, I would have been saying to the angel, what were you thinking? You led us right out here into the trap. There comes Pharaoh's army over there. Look at the dust from the chariots. And we're stuck up against the Red Sea and we can't go through. What were you thinking? Because obviously in the natural, again, looking at things that are seen, it was a bad plan. But Moses never thought about the sea parting, walking upon on dry land never thought about that. That never crossed his mind. Right? So he says he's the God who calls, uh, gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did. In other words, God's a God who's speaking forth victory. What you've got to learn to speak forth is victory. You've got to learn to speak forth. God's plan's going to go over your life. Goodness is going to happen. Lord, you're going to make it work out no matter what it seems like. God, you're, you're God. You are, you are God and you're my daddy and you're making it work out and it's going to be okay. You follow what I'm saying? You've got to be speaking forth. You've got to be calling those things that are not as though they are. You've got to be speaking forth and declaring out of your mouth and saying the right things. Because if you get into just walking around saying it ain't never going to work, it's terrible, it's, we're not, we're not going to make it. I don't know how we're going to get out of this. Everything's a mess. Nothing good's going to happen. America's doomed. Everything's doomed. We're going down. Well, folks, that's not God's word. You're not calling things that be not as though they are. To turn around and say, Lord, I, I, you can make a statement like this. Lord, I know things look bad right now, but I'm not going to look at the things that are seen. I'm looking at the things that are not seen. And Lord, I just declare there's going to be revival in America. And I declare there's more of us than there is with them. And I declare we're going to see great things. And I declare people are going to get saved, get all wild and crazy, and everybody's going to get healed. Hospitals are going to be empty. See, now you're speaking God's kind of talk. That's what you got to do in the walk of faith. You chose it. We got to learn to do it. Okay, the third thing. Romans 12.1. Nobody really likes this scripture. It's like reading a body mass index chart. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. You're never going to walk the walk of faith until you start renewing your mind. And what is renewing your mind? Renewing your mind simply means you see what the promise of God's word says to you. You speak it out of your mouth. You start believing it and believing that that's more true than the lie that's in your head. And when you do that for any period of time, what then will happen was then you will start to renew your mind and you're not going to think yourself a loser anymore. You're not going to think yourself you know, ugly anymore. You're not going to thank yourself. You're never going to make it anymore because you started renewing your mind because you're doing the faith walk. You've made the choice. You're starting to believe that the promise of God is more true than what you see and what you hear going off in your head. That's simply all renewing your mind is. It's not brainwashing. It's just washing in the blood of Jesus, the truth. But if you have thoughts of 
you know, inferiority, uh, guilt, um, victim mentality, um, woe is me, whatever you want to call it. You have those thoughts. You have to renew your mind of the word of God. You're not going to be successful walking out the faith walk that we're called to walk in because we chose it. See, it's kind of like, you know, just think about this as a Christian. Just think how silly this sounds. Oh, yes, I believe in you, Jesus. I want to serve you. Yes. No, you want me to do what? That's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. We're not trusting that his way is going to work. Give my shirt to the thief that's trying to take it from me. Forgive that one that did that to me. What? Give and it shall be given to me. Good measures, pressed down, shaken together, running over. What? That doesn't fit. That's not the way this world operates. I know because we chose to walk the walk of faith because the just shall live by faith. And so the faith walk is a different walk than any other walk, but you chose it. Like I said, whether you read the fine print or not, if you chose Jesus, you chose the faith walk. Amen? Give me the next one. The fourth one. I love this one. Proverbs 133. Real simple, real blunt, real straightforward. Proverbs 133. Whoever listens to me will dwell safely and be secure without the fear of evil. <laughs> Whoever listens to me. The fourth thing is you got to understand is you've, you've got to learn to listen for God's word in your life. When God says don't do it, don't do it. When God says do it, do it. Hello? But you see, so many people think they hear God when it's really only the desire within their heart that they want God to do. And they say they heard God, but really, I don't think they heard God at all. I just think they heard themselves talking to themselves. I've learned as pastor, anybody I'm counseled with and somebody says to me, well, God told me this is what I'm supposed to do. And if it's something they've already done and then it didn't work out, you know, then I'll just say, well, how'd that work? How'd that work out? How's it working for you? Because once you put me in that situation, how can I say you didn't hear God? Right? How can I say that? I'm not sitting here to say that. So all I can do is agree with you and just watch you burn. Go down in flames. That's why when I, when I talk to, to, to the council around me, I always say, look, guys, am I hearing God? That's a completely different story. Because I want to know what somebody else thinks. Does it sound like this is sound wisdom or not? You have to listen for God's word. Like Peter in the boat when Jesus said, he's been fishing all night. Put the net down on the other side, right? Well, you know he didn't want to. He just got the thing clean. And now he's going to do it. And he says, you're going to catch a catch. And so he sits it down there and catches this huge catch. He listened to the word of God. He fished all night and didn't catch anything. Did what Jesus said and caught a bunch. It just lets us know that we need to be spending time being sensitive, hearing the voice of the Lord to us. It's either going to come through his word, through your friend, through whatever, something God's going to be speaking to you, but you need the word of the Lord. And if you don't have the word of the Lord, then I would be cautious to move forward. Other than your general every day, one foot in front of the other, by faith, launching out. Amen? Number five. I only have 15, so, you know, it's not that many. I mean, we'll be out of here by 930 easy. 
The fifth one, Hebrews 10, 19. Hebrews 10, 19. It says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. The fifth one is, is folks, listen to me. If you're walking the walk of faith, the people who walk the walk of faith don't walk it timidly. They walk it in confidence. That's like God saying, I want you to walk out on that, this board. And we walk out on it like, okay, is it going to break? I mean, what, what? That's the way a lot of us are living our, our faith walk. We're just like testing it, saying, Lord, I mean, you really, really, you want me to do this? I mean, come on, Lord, you know. And we're just kind of easing out from what God told us to do because we're scared that the board's going to break and God's going to, you know, dump us in the ravine because we haven't learned to trust. Listen, just because you can't trust all people doesn't mean you can't trust God. And I'm telling you right now, I'll say this with 100% confidence, that God has never forsaken us. His steadfast love has never stopped. We may have walked out from under it. We may not have heard. We may have gotten messed up. You may have applied it to your life wrong, but God is not at fault. He never will be at fault. It's a song from this old guy. It's an old song. I just love it. And it's nobody, it's, the title of the song is Nobody's Fault But Mine. And that's basically like most of the lyrics of the song. Nobody's fault but mine. Nobody's fault but mine. My mama didn't tell me. My daddy didn't tell me. But it's nobody's fault but mine. And I just laugh every time I listen. I say, man, is that the truth? I mean, that is just the truth. And nobody's fault but mine. So the fifth one is here is we got to move in confidence. We got to move in confidence that, by, you know, that we're living and doing what God said is right. And that's the walk of faith. We chose it. The sixth one and the last one here. Doesn't mean I'm through. I'm just telling you it's the last point. And this is so important. Listen to me. This is so important. Colossians 1.13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness, conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. You've, this, is so, this is one of the most important point, points to walking by faith, is you have to remember you're not of this world. You may have flesh, bone, breathe, live, die on this earth, but you're not of this earth. You've been born again. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever put yourself and lump yourself in with the rest of the world because you're not of this world. So because you're not of this world, the laws of this world is not what's governing your life. The laws of heaven is what is governing your life. How did the, the, the Israelites leave Egypt wealthier than they could have ever imagined? Who would have ever guessed that they would have plundered? Just walked to the door, knocked on the door, said, can we, we're here to get your stuff. And they said, here, give it, give it to them, give it to them. Ladies is taking necklaces off their necks, throwing them to them, pulling the rings off, sticking them out there. Bring all the silverware out, give it to them, just get them out of here. Who would have come up with that idea? If some prophet would have risen up and got up in the middle of church service then and said, yeah, hey, that saith the Lord, they're going to give us everything. Everybody said, get the fool off the stage, man. <laughs> right? Can you imagine? They just went up and knocked on the door. <clears throat> yeah, we're here for your stuff. And they just came out and dumped it out. Got cartloads. Had to go get their carts. Oh, by the way, we're taking your car because it's too heavy. We don't have a car good enough to haul all your stuff off. So we're going to take your car and put it on there and your donkey and your cart and your everything so we can get on out of here. They say, take it. But God, 
the walk of faith. This is what it is. You're not of this world. You're of the kingdom of God. Okay? So your faith can't change because of your circumstances. Are you with me? Your faith can't change because of your circumstances. It's a walk of faith. It's a life of faith. This is, a, this is the way we live, by faith. Believing God is going to do it. That no matter what we see, no matter what we feel, no matter what our emotion says or anything else, God will deliver us. Last scripture. This really is the last one. It's not a point. It's not the last point. It's just the last scripture. Don't want to be found a liar here. I just want you to, I don't want to leave you with this. Philippians 4.11. Philippians 4.11. The Apostle Paul said this. The Apostle Paul said this. I'm reading through the book of Acts right now. And I'm just so amazed that in one chapter, the whatever he was, some governing official who was a sorcerer, comes up to Paul and, the, and he, Paul looks at him and says, basically, you son of the devil. I may not be quoting exactly, but I'm close. You son of the devil. Blindness come upon you right now and you will be blind for a season. The guy goes blind. Now that's impressive. I mean, the meeting's own when you can do that, right? And the next place he goes, the next chapter he goes, he goes over to the other town, preaches over there. They drag him outside and stone him to death. One chapter there, they take him and he preaches and all these people get saved. The next chapter, they beat him and throw him in prison. Ah, then he preaches and then there's a revival and a shaking. And then they ask him to leave the city. The next one he goes to, they try to stone him over there. All I'm saying to you is there was ever a man who could walk a, a walk of faith that would walk in no problems, no situations, no circumstances coming against him, walk in just the supernatural, just and fire coming out of his mouth and knocking this one down, causing that one to go blind, doing this and doing that, and then always walking the victory. They come out to get him. He's like, it had been Paul. And Paul said this, Philippians 4.11, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned, because he learned the walk of faith, whatever state I am, I'm content. Oh, I know how to be abased. Now, it didn't say he was. He just said he knew how to do it. And I know how to abound. So it didn't say that he was real wealthy, but he just said, I know how to do it. I've, I've, I've been there. I've been there, and I've been there. It's like I always heard someone always say, you know, I've been rich and I've been poor. Rich is better. He says, uh, everywhere and in all things, I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Here you go. For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, we always quote that. Oh, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Glory. But we didn't read the verses up above it. That said he had some hard times with some good times. Some wealthy times with some poor times, some hungry times with some feasting times. But he says, I've just learned how to be content in all of it. Why? Because he's living the life of faith. Folks, listen to me. You can be content in any situation going on. It's not fun. Hear me now. I'm not saying it's fun. All right. 
But you can learn how to be content in every situation if you walk the walk of faith because you're always looking to the future of what your God's going to do for you. Because circumstances and situations do not stop the flow of God in your life. Only you stop the flow of God in your life when you get out of the faith walk. We chose it. We chose this life. So the next time you want to get angry, the next time you want to get mad, the next time you want to say, God, why aren't you doing anything? Just stop for a second before you get into that and get into all your complaint going on and just say, I chose this life. I chose it, Lord. I chose the walk of faith. So I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to pray boldly into the courts of heaven. Believe you to move. Believe you to take care of it. And I'm just going to keep walking. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to be like Paul. You're going to learn how to be content in all situations. You're going to learn how to be content with the fellowship of the Lord and the presence of the Lord in your life when you're abounding and when you're not. Hello? Yeah, it's a, it's a sobering word. You know, we always don't want to hear it because we just want to hear the rah-rah. But the truth of the matter is, in these days and these times we're walking in right now, we have to get the truth of the gospel into our lives so that we can walk in the power of salvation. And if we don't, well, then we're just going to get misled and disheartened and, and, and fall to the side of the road. Because, you see, I live with this vision within me all the time and seeing us walking down a road headed towards glory. And there kept, be, there kept people stop stepping over into the bar ditch and sitting there not coming with us because they were tired. They were weary. They didn't want to. And I kept trying to stop and get them. And then the crowd would get all balled up. And I realized I had to keep going. And I was telling everybody behind, get them out of the ditch. Get them out of the ditch. Go talk to them. And so everybody went by and everybody kept encouraging them. And finally, every once in a while, one of them would get up, get back in line and keep going for glory. And that's just the way we have to live, folks. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Stand up. Those of you at, the, at home, you ought to at least stand up. Get out of your recliner. Stand up. And I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to pray over your finances, your, your, your offerings, everything going on. Father, I just declare right now. We know what we did, Lord. Tonight, I, ask, I just pray that people's eyes are open and they realize the choice they make. It was a choice to live by faith, trusting you and believing you, Lord God, in your word, that you were faithful, that promised it, and you're going to bring it to pass. And so, Lord, tonight, we just declare it. We just thank you for it. We praise you, Lord God, for all that you're doing for us. We thank you, Lord God, for your good hand upon us. I thank you for blessing our finances. I declare that we are a blessed church. We are a blessed people. We are blessed in our businesses. Our children are blessed. Our grandchildren are blessed, Lord. We are blessed, blessed, blessed in everything that we do. Because, Lord, that's what you called us to do. And so, Lord, I thank you for it. Now, I declare that as we walk this walk of faith, as we go out into the world, we're going to see people. We're going to see hungry ones. We're going to pull them up out of the ditch. We're going to keep encouraging them to go on down the road with us. And we're going to see them come into the kingdom of God. So, Lord, I praise you for it. I thank you for it. Bless them tonight, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church.